Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message from Stonebridge United Methodist Church. We hope it encourages you to live and love like Jesus. So I'm not going to preach terribly long today. You can go ahead and sigh, relief. Um, Much of the service, I think, today is a sermon in itself, but I do have a few thoughts to share um, for us as we begin a new year. I hope that you are ready for a new year, and I hope that you are having a Merry Christmas. The Christmas season is still going. That's why we still have the beautiful trees here. Many of us have on some kind of Christmas pajamas today, um, because the season does not end until January the 6th, which is this coming week with Epiphany. So how many of you still have your tree up? Okay, good. How many of you are still listening to Christmas music and watching Christmas movies? Okay, I feel a little better, because we are at our house, and will, maybe after January 6th. Um, Usually, we observe Epiphany on the first Sunday of the year. It's a day when we remember the Magi, the wise men who came to visit Jesus and brought gifts. And the word Epiphany means divine manifestation. And we believe and we know that Jesus came to manifest the goodness and glory of God in our midst. And so the scripture reading today from 1 Peter reminds us of Jesus' desire to be in covenant relationship with us, which is what we're talking about today. So I would invite you to listen and receive God's word from 1 Peter chapter 1. It'll be on the screens, but if you have a Bible with you or an app on, an, on a device, I'd encourage you to follow along there. I'm reading verses 3 through 5, 13 through 16, and verse 22. May the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ be blessed on account of his vast mercy. He has given us new birth. You've been born anew into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. You have a pure and enduring inheritance that cannot perish, an inheritance that is presently kept safe in heaven for you. And through his faithfulness, you are guarded by God's power so that you can receive the salvation he is ready to reveal in the last time. Therefore, once you have your minds ready for action and you are thinking clearly, Place your hope completely on the grace that will be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed. Don't be conformed to your former desires, those that shaped you when you were ignorant. But as obedient children, you must be holy in every aspect of your lives, just as the one who called you is holy. It is written, you will be holy because I am holy. And as you set yourselves apart by your obedience to the truth, so that you might have genuine affection for your fellow believers... Love each other deeply and earnestly. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I'd invite you to join me as we prepare our hearts. Would you pray with me? Oh God, we give you thanks for this day. We give you thanks for the gift of a new year and all that it holds. We pray that you would come now and be in our midst as we worship together, that you would quiet our minds, open our hearts to the word that you have for us today. And God, I pray that the words of my mouth would not be my own, but they would be your words for your church today. We pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen. So I will admit to you that pajamas are like one of my favorite things in the world. 
um, but it feels a little bit odd <laughs> to be standing here preaching in pajamas, but here we are. So, um, a little bit of context about this text. So, this is a letter that Peter wrote to Christians who were scattered across five Roman provinces. If you read the first few verses of First Peter, you'll see those listed there. Um, but what had happened is their faith had brought them into conflict with sort of the social norm in the communities where they were living. And so that meant that they were open to persecution, many of them. And so they needed a word of encouragement. They needed a word of hope from somewhere. And so Peter did that for them. And it's interesting as you read through his words because they're reflective, and at the same time, they're also forward-looking, which is the posture that so many of us hold as we begin a new year, right? As we think about what 2022 held for us, good or bad, and what we're looking forward to in 2023, maybe making resolutions. And I think Peter's encouragement that we read here extends even to us today, because what he's doing is he's, he's helping us to be reminded of what God has done for us in the past, but also what God has promised to do in the future. And so you might have noticed that I read three sections of First Peter chapter 1, and I think each piece of the text that we read together frames a helpful idea for the new year. And so the first one of those is this, that a living hope is not a someday thing, it's a today thing. That starts now. It starts today, in this moment. Peter says that believers have a new birth, that we are born into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so that happens by God's Spirit alone. It's nothing that we do, but we are reborn into a new way of life. And it's a way of holiness. It's a way of righteousness, a call upon God's people to reflect the very character and the mission of God for which we've been created. And our Wesleyan belief is such that God made creation good and that we have a role to play within that creation. And our role is to exhibit love, to reflect the very image of God in our lives. So a living hope is all about looking forward to something that affects the way that we live today. And the scripture tells us that we have a future inheritance, but it tells us that that's protected by God, and so that security that we have allows us to live by faith in the present. Because our salvation isn't just something that God has done for us. It's something that God is doing in us Grace that comes and transforms us now, today. And so the future hope is one that has very practical implications for the way we live our daily lives. And that's the vision that we're committing ourselves to today in this moment as we renew our covenant with God, as we allow ourselves to be shaped into the people that God intends us to be. And so the next four verses give us guidance about how that works. And the next idea is this, that followers of Jesus are not ordinary. We are not meant to be ordinary because God gives us power to live differently, to be distinct from the world. And so there's two things the text tells us that help make that possible, minds that are clear and minds that are ready for action. The message translation says, roll up your sleeves and get your head in the game. That's the way it says these verses. 
And so we have this new identity, this new identity of holiness, and that's a great privilege, certainly, but it's also a great responsibility because it makes us different. We're transformed, and then we are called to stand out as we witness to our faith in Christ. We become evidence that our faith is true, and we become the evidence that our God is indeed at work in the world. And so as God's grace changes us and as we claim that gift, we then also have to embrace the responsibility of preparing our minds for action as we pursue that holiness in our lives. And so maybe it's helpful to think in terms of the end product. Maybe that's more motivating for us. And so I was thinking of a way to illustrate that, and I think you could use a few examples, maybe of a Lego set or a puzzle or a gingerbread house. In my case this year, it was a gingerbread Target, okay? So I love Target, and so they make such a thing, or they did this year, where you can make a Target store. So when you're building or you're putting something together, what do you normally do first? You you look at the finished product, right? Usually the box, the picture that's on the box. Usually that picture is what leads you to buy it in the first place. And so you put the box in front of you and you get after it, right? Or in my Enneagram One perfectionistic state, you have a total meltdown, okay? A total meltdown. I had help. I had help. My mother specifically kept saying, just look at the box. Just look at the box. As I was saying, I don't know how to do this. And it helps, though, when we have this big picture reference because it helps us to stay on track. It helps us to know where we're going, helps us to stay focused on what it will eventually become. And so that's what it became. The shopping cart was broken when we opened the box, okay? So I didn't break it, but okay, that was enough of that. It was fun while it lasted. I'm not a cookie decorator. Um, Thank you. (laughs) But I think we can do the same thing with our spiritual life. I think that we can prepare our minds for action piece by piece. I think it's also important, though, for us to think about how we'll keep our minds clear, especially as we begin a new year, because there are hundreds, if not thousands, of things that will compete for our attention in the coming weeks and months. Technology among them, perhaps at the top of the list for many of us. And so if we're not careful, those distractions can begin to control us. And those distractions begin to consume energy that we could be using for God's purposes. And so we have to be careful. We have to guard against that. But consider how a living hope will guide your life in this year. What transformation is it that you're seeking in your life? Think about what God has done already in your life. Think about what God is doing in your life right now. And so when the challenges come, and they will, because that's part of life, and you just can't see how the pieces are going to fit together, stay focused on that end result, whatever that looks like for you, But for Christians, we know that the best is always yet to come. That's one of the hope and promises that we have from our God. And so maybe the question could be, what are you going to accomplish for the Lord this year? 
Maybe that's something that's helpful for you to think about today and maybe throughout this week. And it's not about being a hero for Jesus. That's not what I'm saying. But we've been reborn to a living hope, and the good news of Jesus is so good that it moves us to act. And so it's a commitment that we make to living lives of grace, lives of hope, in an outward way as we seek to be the church in the world around us. There's one more piece to consider, and as I've reflected on this passage for a few weeks now, there's one verse that keeps resonating with me because I think it's the hope that our world so desperately needs. In verse 22, love. Loving one another earnestly, constantly, deeply. Again, the message says, as if our lives depended on it. And so, sure, this applies to our families, it applies to our friends, to the people here at church that are sitting around you right now, the people that we do life with, that we choose to do life with. But friends, really, if we want to be different, if we want to be holy, it's more than that. It's more than that, because our world is full of plenty of hate. Our world is full of rejection. Our world is full of apathy. But what if in 2023 we say, nope, as for me and my life, I will do my best to love. I will do my best to love in the way that I speak to other people, the way I behave toward other people, even the thoughts that we carry in the very silence of our hearts about other people. And I'm talking about the people that try our patience and get on our nerves. I'm talking about the people who do not share our politics, the people who may have different views on social issues than us, maybe someone that we see or that society sees as an outsider. We don't have to agree with everything that someone else thinks or believes in order to love them. And we can all, myself included, look back over the last year and see places where we failed, where we failed to be loving where we fail to do the loving thing. And so what if we decide then to let God's love truly be reflected in us, in the way we act? What if instead of having a a what's-in-it-for-me mentality all of the time, we shift our focus to what might best build community around us? Because that's what Peter's talking about here. The love for God, the love for one another, those are vital pieces of the community of the living hope that Peter is talking about in this passage. And so today begins a new year. Today is a new year that is full of possibility. And when we experience God's grace and peace and forgiveness, there's a visible change in our lives. We are empowered to become more like Jesus in our actions. And the good news for a lot of us is that unlike so many of the resolutions that we will make today, that we're excited about, but that probably by the end of the week or the end of the month are long gone, the resolution to be a living hope doesn't depend on us. It doesn't depend on our strength. It doesn't depend on our willpower, because God will work the change in us as we make ourselves available, because God's covenant with us has not changed, and it will not change. And so how will you resolve to live differently this year? In what ways will you commit to loving others constantly? Because that's what this covenant service is all about.
Today is a day of repenting, of gaining focus and clarity and recommitting ourselves. And so in this new year, we have the opportunity to be holy, just as God is holy, just like the text says. And so let that, let that be a resolution with God's help that we can hang on to. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Stonebridge United Methodist Church. You are invited to worship with us every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. For more information, visit our website, mysumc.org. Have a blessed day.